Welcome to the Metapod Podcast, a Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. It's an excellent, excellent Tuesday, Sean, for you and I. Mm-hmm. There's probably something spectacular going on as you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> but how are you sure. doing today? I mean, I'm doing <clears throat> I'm doing great, Jake. I, I had a lovely time hiking last weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, but I did. I did. I was back on Sunday, and I did get to catch some of the top tables not all of it because you know cowboys game but like also yeah, yeah, yeah. also like but I, I did get to see some of it and i was very excited about what i saw in peoria so you know we'll get to that at some point what about you i am also excited i mostly watched uh day one i spent a lot of time this weekend traveling like to and from i finally went home mm. for the first time in a long time uh because this was the first weekend that i didn't have to do like any run a sporting event type thing. So that was insane. Um, but I also looked for, so Sean, have you um, done anything with the one piece trading card game? I um, briefly saw some people playing it. They like did some demo day stuff at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And I have a few of my, um, you know, digi, digi peeps uh, are big into that. Uh, have, have started playing it. I will say the pre-release winner cards are very shiny. They have like a mm-hmm. big old stamp. Uh, but from what I from what I saw, it was it's very similar to Dragon Ball Super, like a lot of the mechanics. It's like Dragon Ball Super with some Digimon, but mostly Dragon Ball Super. I don't know how much I'll be playing it, but I wanted to get the cards mm. at least, and I went to like three different card shops on my way back from home because there's a couple card shops uh, that I pass by. None of them had it. None of them had it. And I was like, I'm going to have to buy them on eBay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, I I mean, uh, that is surprising. Did they stock other Bandai card games? Did they stock um, Digimon or Dragon Ball yes. Super? Yes. Digimon, I know for sure. Pokemon for sure. Yu-Gi-Oh for sure. Um, one of the stores had like Y Schwartz stuff. Oh, okay. That's um, very, yeah. I mean, it also yeah. could be. I don't know if the game, if the cards are actually released or if it was just like it was just the, it was just the pre-release thing that went on like over the weekend, and so maybe like I just I wanted to get some pre-release decks though, you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. Have you read all anyways, thousand plus? What? Have you read all one thousand plus arcs or whatever of the team? No, the One Piece? I have not. I no. have not read all the chapters of One Piece, but I own. I'm almost at the halfway point of being up to date on the manga in terms of owning it. I own like volumes one through 15 and then like from 71 to a hundred. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't that got makes the, sense. So like, well, like I have, I have, you know, the fourth box set that came out and then I got the first, tw- the first 15 volumes just, assortment and stuff and so my plan is to get the second box set mm-hmm. and then the third box set and then be up to date like okay. just buy the boxes you know yep. to, to be the, up to that's date the value but anyways we're not a one piece trading card game podcast we're a pokemon podcast pokemon that's trading right. card game and although there was not a ton of news stuff this week there are a couple things that we want to talk about along with the ever exciting in my opinion Peoria regional results, the first regional with lost origin legal. And there was some very exciting stuff, but Sean, 
What do we what do we have first? The the it's so we, what do we have? Well, we don't have a five star review this week, if I'm <laughs> correct. But but we did get a wonderful uh, message uh, last week, I believe it was, on our Twitter. You can always hit us up in the DMs and and mm-hmm. um, this 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 user uh, Shayla's. I'll just say, but I won't Shayla's. say their full like handle just in case. But yes, uh, but they know who they are. Uh, they they wanted to share with us like some of a, a um a negative tournament experience they had. I know a, a week or two ago we talked about some challenging experiences people had. He shared a, a negative experience where his opponent was um what we call rule sharking a little bit where you just kind of are like really intensely watching every move your opponent makes and like trying to be like, you're not allowed to do that or you can't do that. It's like the thing of, you know, as soon as you take your finger off the thumb, you can't touch it anymore. Right. You know, which is like, uh, yeah. Um, And he asked though specifically, he was like, Hey, you know, I I wonder if y'all have had any negative experiences at a tournament. And Jake and I were both like, hey, this this could be a, an interesting way to like start the... Yeah, I mean, yeah. IRL's coming back. People are competing in regionals and stuff, new seasons. So, you know, there's probably a bunch of people that are going to come across a person that's not super great or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, it could help a little bit. You know, just a, it's a fun little conversation. So, Sean, do you have an experience that I, you would like to mention? I do. I wonder if longtime listeners have heard this story. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So I had one experience where I was playing in the cup that happens because every regional has typically like a league cup that happens the next day for people who didn't make day two. Mm -hmm. So I was playing in the league cup um, and things were going fine. I was playing against a Belcephalon GX deck um, and a couple of turns in, I'm really doing well. My opponent has like one card in hand maybe he's totally bricked up um and i'm playing a firebox dex with which uses a card called giant hearth where you discard a card you get two fire energy from your deck um i go to discard my a reset stamp but at the time a lot of people when they would use some of these cards that like you discarded with a stadium you would take the card and you would tap the card onto the stadium this was just like not like a legal, like a rules thing, but like it was just common practice that you tap the card on the stadium to say, hey, I'm discarding this card to use this effect. You do your thing. Uh, The card that I chose to discard was Reset Stamp. Now, my opponent saw that, took the opportunity to then shuffle their one card hand into their deck while while I still had six prizes and they had six prizes left. So it's like they, they continue to shuffle the card, draw six, and then I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I thought you played Reset Stamp. And I was like, no, I said discard for Hearth. Got the judge. The judge came over, informed me that I was the one in the wrong. Because instead of simply placing the Reset Stamp into the discard pile directly, I put the, dis- the Reset Stamp in the field of play in some capacity, and that my action had caused the confusion, and I received a game loss. You know what's really funny, though, is because that action of just putting it in the discard. I would consider that also like I see the reset stamp. Yeah, because I mean, people do that all the time, like echoing horn. Yeah, like they just put the echoing horn and they're like, bring that sobble up or whatever, but they don't like use it to point. I've also used a reset stamp 
to flash in front of my opponent to be like, hey, let's go. So I don't think you're winning in this one, Sean. I mean, so it was a weird situation because, like, I talked to the judge. His and, and then I went and had the head judge come over. I I, I, I I appealed, which you can do at any big tournament. Mm-hmm. You can always appeal to the head judge, and I recommend you do it if you think you're in the right. Um, and the head judge explained to me that they had to change their rulings based on the a, a way that people used to cheat with N and Ultra Ball. So this was before I played the game, mind you. There used to be a thing where people would play Ultra Ball, but they would put N on the top of the usage of Ultra Ball. And that would oftentimes, either intentionally or not, trick their opponents into thinking that an N was played, and they would start shuffling their deck, and it would cause them to receive a game loss because you've shuffled your hand into your deck, right? Mm -hmm. So because players are using that technique... The idea of like, hey, if you confuse your opponent with your game action and then they do something, you are the one at fault for a game loss. And I'm like, so that was my bad experience because it was like the opponent, I'm like, I'm really far ahead. You have one card in hand and you basically didn't attach or and you passed last turn. Why would I stamp you with six prizes? Why? So... You know, the opponent wasn't mean or anything, but I was just a little bit, I was salty. And I actually, it was round one of the tournament and I just mm-hmm. dropped. Cause I was like, I lost the first game, ga- first round just because of that. And I was like, ah, I'm too frazzled. Like, I can't believe this happened. So bad experience. So there's a lot of things you can learn from that right there. One, you can appeal things. You can yes. appeal stuff. That is something that a lot of people don't know. And it's something that I didn't really know when I was playing a lot, lot more because I lived in a very populated area. Mm-hmm. So I think that can help a lot of people out. Don't just appeal to appeal, though. No. Is my advice. Yes. Appeal. It's like in football, right? When you throw the red flag, you throw the challenge flag. Have a reason. You only get a couple of those. Yeah, you got to have a good reason for it. Yeah. Like either you do not agree with how it was handled, right? Or that it's a wrong or whatever. Don't just appeal because you lost or, you know, you got caught or whatever. I don't know. Um, But also, I think it's very underrated to drop because you're not feeling it. Yeah, I think. You know, like when you said that you dropped because um, you felt razzled, Mm -hmm. that is I, I had that same thing in like sports. Like I had a swim meet one time where I competed that I did so poorly in a meet. I did so poorly in the first event that I ended up just dropping the rest of the way. And you know what? I took the, that rest of the day. I watched teammates swim. It wasn't like a big like championship, like, oh, we could win state or whatever, or nationals. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a meet that I went to. And it just it felt a lot better than if I suffered through the other three events that I was going to swim. So yep. definitely, yeah. I, I, I dropped... I, I felt frustrated for like 20 or 30 minutes. And then I met, I found my friends. I vented to them for a small amount of time. And then we had a great day, you know? And yeah, I, I fully am like, I'm on your side on that one, Jake. Dropping, n- not bringing that energy to the other people that you could be playing against. Sometimes yeah, because right I mean, it. everybody, I think, or I guess I should say a lot of people who have played have played against a person that's just in a terrible attitude. Yeah. They're just mad. It makes things awkward between you two. <laughs> like, because you're yeah. like, good luck. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, 
it's weird and then if you beat them like they're even more mad and you're like it's good like, game and they're like screw off or like yeah no it's just it's that feeling of like you you beat them and, and then you're just like i'm so sorry like i know you're already having a bad day but like, i'm so I'm sorry just trying to win this so like those are a couple of things that i think could really help you out did you also i i don't know if they did this day one but when i tuned in for a little bit on day two they were doing this instead of like a Instead of like doing the we'll be right back, you know, mm -hmm. thing like where they go like 12 minutes of just the camera on the venue or whatever. Um, so then the casters don't have to talk for 20 minutes about the same thing over and over, which I think, by the way, the casters did a very good job of stalling time when they had to, <laughs> as they usually do. They brought in a judge mm. for like an interview in between rounds. I think it was in between rounds. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. And they like, and they just kind of like talk to the judge, like, "Hey, what do you do? What should a player do if there's a situation?" You know, like, it was very, cool. especially with the stuff that we talked about the other week, with like the cheating and things like that, or the potential yeah. cheating, or just the the game penalties and stuff that came out. I thought it was very interestingly timed. Um, and I don't know if they've ever done that on a Pokemon stream before, at least since I've started watching in like 2019. Yeah, the judges are usually just not on screen at all. You know, they're they just usually like yeah. at the table, you know, the stream table. So I thought it was really, really cool. So if you watch like the Pokemon VOD for day two, go ahead, find that interview. I think it was the latter part of the day. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was like, I think it might have been like before top four because I think I got home from the family event and then I tuned in and it was like, I don't know. It was it was sometime during day two, um, but I had never seen that before. I thought it was kind of cool, actually. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I heard they were doing like player interviews like after the games on day one mm -hmm. as well, which like all that stuff is really cool additions um, because, again, yeah, like. 12 minutes any any streamer out there jake included myself yeah. will tell you 12 minutes of dead air is not always a good thing now yeah like i used to i used to work in radio and like 12 minutes is a really long oh, yeah. time and like um, the casters need the break don't get me wrong but yeah you gotta fill that time and so like yeah if you have like a b team or if you can bring out people in between to talk and fill that time always always preferred Especially because I think, especially with all the newer players right now mm -hmm. in the game that are just getting into the IRL scene, right? Because we've been playing in the pandemic for so long. Um, it's very intimidating to call the judge or whatever. Everybody just associates it as a bad thing. So I thought it was really cool. I thought that was a cool thing to bring up. I haven't really had any super bad negative experiences. I just had jerk people yeah. that I've played against. <laughs> Like I made, I was playing this random like challenge one time and I played this random deck that I found from like an Asian tournament. It was like uh, Buzzwolf Formosa GX with ADP. Okay. It was just not like a great deck, but it had one top eight showing. And I was like, I want to try that. I got these cards. And so like I hadn't really practiced with it at all. And so I was playing this challenge for like the first time and this guy that i played against i made a mistake and when i realized it i was like oh no and he just he just slow clapped like when i realized it and i was like you're 
awful. You're a terrible human being. That's like, IRL, I know this guy. That's I was an IRL BMing right there. Yeah, like, uh, I was... Whew, I was very mad. He was IRL spamming, up, you have a good deck. Yeah, it's like... Oh, gosh, just... Uh, I could understand if it was my friend. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, like my friend Kyle that I played a lot with and traveled with two different events. If he did that, I would laugh. But is this random guy I don't know, like Jiminy Christmas, buddy. But let's talk about some <laughs> good things, Sean. Let's talk about some good things, including a new full art supporter card that is in coming. This was I don't know if this was like a leak or an accidental leak or what have you, but. There was a new full art promo spotted in the Pokemon's official card decks app. This is an app, I think, where you can like track the cards that you own or mm -hmm. something Indeed. like that. I don't use it personally, but I know a lot of people do. So go check it out if you want some help on keeping track of your collection. And this new promo came up. Sword and Shield 251 is its label. Hasn't even been revealed in Japan yet. It's just... Boom, right on there. And it's Boss's Orders, Cyrus Edition. So Cyrus, the bad guy in uh, Diamond and Pearl, the Gen 4, are very, very popular. Sean, this is not the optimal Boss's Orders. I will say <laughs> Mitsuhiro Arita, excellent artist. He's made incredible cards. This man looks like Dumbo. You know what this man looks like? This man looks like we have we have Super Saiyan Blue Goku at home. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this man it's, looks like. It's like that plus every YouTuber's thumbnail face. Yes, right? yes, yeah. this is perfect. That's a perfect description. It it, but it is a Sword and Shield promo. It is a new full art supporter, which is very popular, including people like myself but there's currently no announced products that we know that are going to go with this promo as of right now it might be tied to one releasing in early 2023 including the like special set i believe that's going to be in around that time it could be something with a box on that who knows I mean, I will or say maybe something that we don't know of or the stores exclusive. We talked a lot about stores exclusives lately. You know what it might be, Jake? You know how they had the what Marnie? Be? You know how they had the Marnie premium, like the Marnie box? They could do that, actually. They did it with Juniper. They did it with Marnie. Yep. So these are this. These are like the three what I would call um, cla like staple supporters for the majority of the Sword and Shield era. You have I would research. Agree. You had Marnie and you have Boss. And I think that's what this is going to be because it is a promo, which means that it won't be in packs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, when do they ever put promos as like the front of? Nope, they do it in the Juniper box, the Marnie box, and then the Boss. They do box. it in the Juniper box and the weird Pokemon Go boxes that had the three leaders, whatever they're. Anyways, yep. I like your opinion, Sean. I like, I think you have the correct take on this. And I think as well, because if you look, you know, at the the promos, Pokey Beach, which is where we're getting this information, has the little promo screenshot from the app. And w wouldn't you know on there, there's Juniper from that milk carton box. There are the Marnies from the milk carton box. And there are some other ones in there, even too, Burnett, like the gold which came in Even Burnett, which came in the V-Union boxes. It, it did. It, I mean, I think it's yeah. guaranteed that it'll come in a box yeah, true. of some sort, because <laughs> I think the 
I think the promo for like the the special set ETB that'll mm. come out next year, that's going to be like a V or a V Max or a V Star. Yeah. I bet it's going to be a V Star. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like your idea a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, especially because, um, well, I guess Boss's Order, though, this one has an F regulation mark, right? Well, yeah, because Boss's Order's. Um, What's, I believe Boss's Orders is F regulation, right? Is Marnie F regulation as well? I thought Marnie was the D. the first one. What was the first one? D? Yeah. I thought it was D regulation. Okay. I might be getting mixed up with when Boss's Orders came out. <laughs> it came out in Rebel Clash. Okay. So I feel like the original would have been a D regulation mark. So I'll be interested. Oh, actually. I'll be interested to see if Boss's is now going to be a staple like Juniper or like basically like research is a staple. Mm -hmm. um so they'll keep it around for a few more sets we can tell you if it's a staple right now or not later when you listen to us talk about peoria regional results right. but first john first we're talking i mean we we talked about some english products incoming let's talk about this really really cool japanese product that's coming that i have not heard anybody talk about now this is news that broke out like two weeks ago really the Paradigm Trigger, that is a set coming out soon in Japan. A mystery box has officially been revealed. And in this mystery box, this is the first mystery box, I believe they've done something like this, will be released in Japan on October 21st, 2022 for 2750 yen. It's going to come out the same day as Paradigm paradigm triggered the set it's a mystery box sean that comes with a promo pack that contains one of four guaranteed v cards lugia v confirmed as one of the four promos which i believe there's been leaks on lately of lugia cards and mm -hmm. merchandise which we won't really talk about but if you want to go out there and look for it you can random one out of four deck box and deck sleeves are also included in the mystery box and then it comes with seven packs of paradigm trigger now we do know sean one of the four sets of mystery box and or i'm sorry uh deck box and sleeves that are coming up to it if you scroll up a little bit pokey guardian which is where we're getting this information from got an update on one of them it is a little deck box and set of sleeves of reggie drago and reggie lecky now this is adorable i don't know the artist who made this but i want this really bad because it is adorable <laughs> sean it does look like hand drawn like by a kid yeah and it's just it's really cute and it's like different design-esques of reggie drago and reggie lecky it's not the same one copy pasted every single time so i think that this is a really interesting product i mean it's a pokemon pack mm -hmm. but you get like deck box sleeves and a promo plus packs on top of it it's like if it's almost like if you bought like an etb almost but you didn't know what you were getting in the etb right hmm. like the promo the sleeves the that's dividers true. like they were all random i think that's like I, I don't know i think that's a really really fun and cool thing you know we had the the start deck 100 right yeah the old thing in japan where you got uh random uh theme decks things like that yeah and i it, mean it, you had like a one in 100 chance of getting the shiny theme deck or whatever 
I guess, Jake, what do you think the other three are going to be? I mean, I mean, truthfully, I don't know too much about Paradigm, paradigm Trigger. Yeah. I feel like it's it's got to be related in those sets into what that is. We know that Reggie Drago V-Star is going to be in that. Reggie Lucky V, V-Max. Omastar V is coming. That was leaked about. Um, so I would I would honestly love an Omanyte. If we can get Omanyte <laughs> on a deck box and sleeves, I will buy that up. I only have one. Um, what's the set way, way back when? Like during the 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 um the original era of fossil? like base set, jungle, fossil, fossil, all that stuff. The the fireworks set. What was that called? Oh, so, the uh, legendary collection. Yes, yes. That's what it was. The only legendary collection card I have of that is the firework Omanyte. It's one <laughs> of my favorite cards that I own. Absolutely perfect. But you know, anyways, I will say, Jake. You know what I think that they should put in here? I think what? the unknown V should be in here because it's a mystery that would box be really cool yes. unknown uh, uh. so what are what are our guesses so we we already know the one reggie drago reggie lucky well i'm yeah. gonna say ammonite and kabutops well right? i don't think there's two v's right i think you get one v so lugia well, we don't, I, well no, no no i'm talking about like the, well i guess we could talk about the v's i'm talking about like the deck box and the sleeves i'm guessing the deck box and the sleeves will be related to the pokemon so that's why i'm like I think they'll have a Reggie. I think they're going to go Reggie Draco, Draco for the for v. a promo for the promo. Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to go. They have Lugia. I think they're yeah. going to have. I think unknown makes a lot of sense in a mystery box. I think unknown would be so. I think that's a wasted opportunity if you don't do yeah. that. The fourth one, though, I don't know. It could be uh, it could be the Omastar that you're talking about. Please give me Omanyte merch. I beg of you, <laughs> you know please just one one time please they also in paradigm trigger recently announced uh dragonite like dratini dragonair dragonite in terms of like regular old cards so mm. who knows maybe that trio will be inserted dragonite is one of the more popular pokemon in the yeah. history of pokemon so who knows but i think that's a really cool thing if you like japanese product and you like fun little gamba things you know and just just test your luck yeah. see what you can get but sean if you want something else to spice up your collection this isn't really news or anything like that i just want to <laughs> showcase i saw this on twitter this is from alexander corbin on twitter they posted a picture they went to the uh peoria regionals and they got a bunch of signed cards from player. Azul, JW Crewall, Trainer Chip, Tord, Andrew Mahone. And they got these really sweet cards. So like Azul signed the Flying Pikachu. Andrew signed the uh, Trainer Gallery Starmie V. Mm -hmm. JW signed the Dragon, like the gold rare, like shiny Dragonite EX. Uh, Tord signed Zorark GX. Radiant Charizard signed by Trainer Chip. Like, all these cards have meaning to, yeah. like, the people that sign them. And I think that this is such a cool... Like, I don't see enough people show off signed cards nowadays, right? Yeah. Like, I think people talk cool. about how they've got... People talk about how they've got the shiny Charizard GX or whatever, or the, the Uber... People talk about how they got big Pikachu VMAX gold, right? 
but yeah. nobody talks about the sign stuff and i don't know i i also live in an era of sports where like i have a bunch of signed <laughs> sports stuff you know so i i, I think it's kind of cool show us your collections on twitter at metapod tcg sean <laughs> show off your collection on it too I will say, like, for us, <clears throat> not saying that anybody wants our autographs, but <laughs> I'm like, all of these cards, a lot of them also have some relation to the different people that signed it. Like, especially Andrew yeah. and Tord, I know specifically. The others I'm not as familiar with, but... Like, um, I think Starmie, Misty is Misty. Andrew's favorite character, and he's got... I, I know he has Misty tattooed on him. I don't know about Starmie, though. I think maybe, but it definitely Misty. Definitely, definitely Misty. Misty. And so that's a great... So, like... But, like, for us, it would just be, what would it be? It would be a Rowlet for you. I'd give you that Rowlet. I've got, like, a stack of 75 to 100 yeah. of those Rowlets from Darkness Ablaze, Champion's Path. I don't have the McDonald's one, though. Oh, well. I don't have that card yet. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, ours are, we don't have any, like, there's no crazy gold cards or anything. For this you can do, like, a shiny Rowlet. The you shiny Rowlet from, yeah. uh, was it Hidden Fates? I that, think it yeah, was it. Yeah, That's Or right. the Rowlet in Alolan Executor, that alternate art. Or That's just true. any Rowlet card. I think is cool. It doesn't right. have to be the the max rarity, you know. You're right. What would your card be though, Sean? I don't know. I was it's probably just it probably just be Metapod. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad one though. I mean, it's not, not a great not a one, one, but it's not a bad one. What do you mean it's not a great one? That is a U card. That is <laughs> That's all That's true. That's true. Do not put a put a cap <laughs> on your value. But you know what you can put a cap on? It's record breaking numbers at regionals sean peoria regionals was tied the largest event with some caveats to it credit to christopher shemansky for this fun fact if you subtract round one no shows to the peoria regionals and add round two ads baltimore and peoria regionals had the same record-breaking number of tcg masters Baltimore still gets the record because they had uh, the most total players paired in the event by four. But as Christopher says, what are the odds that they would have the same exact number? Over a thousand people, Sean, a thousand and eighty two players at the Peoria regionals. That's crazy. Just just huge. And, you know, I guess with that many people playing, the question is lost origin first First big, huge tournament of this format. Are we going to have one clear top deck or two that emerges and everything else falls by the wayside? Or can the the wisdom of the masses come back with a bunch of really good decks that are playable? Let me tell you, Sean, I made the prediction that Hisui and Gudra was going to win the event and let me tell you i was wrong it came close jake it, it did come close it, was... it, it did it it had more showings in top 16 than mew which is awesome so if you can't see because you're listening on the audio only yep. version of the podcast you will see that we're showing the top 16 of peoria regionals now there were two Hisuian gudras there was a lot of palkian by hmm. a lot i mean six Sorry, six, according to my quick math. There were some Garatinas, I will say, in different various. Some Reggie Gigas. Sean, the old faithful Reggie deck, the cheap. Is is Reggie still budget, actually? I haven't looked at prices since Worlds, Baltimore, Peoria. Probably. Anyways, some Hisuian Zorark, which is very exciting. One Mew, I think I already mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And, Sean, there was only one 
lost box. Only one lost zone box, but <laughs> it was piloted by arguably one of the greatest players of all time in Torn Redcliffe. And he yeah. ended up winning the whole thing with that deck. Sean, what did remind me again? What did you predict? Is your prediction closer than mine? I don't remember. I think when we said like, what's the most played deck and what's the best deck? And oh, I, yeah, yeah, you said you said what's the most played deck, and I said what do I think was gonna win? Yeah, I thought that the most played deck would be. I think I said Lost Box because it was the most. That was the most played deck um, in online tournaments in leading online up to it. Yes. And I think mm -hmm. this is a good example, though, of um, access to cards for online versus IRL formats making a big difference. Because uh, if you're going to like physically travel to an event, especially like you know all the way out here, we only we have a couple of weeks to prepare. Tor Tor does not live in America. No. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. But <laughs> He's like, in Peoria, Illinois. But like you know, in an online event, if you have limited access to cards and you don't want to pay a ton of money in code cards specifically you might mm -hmm. gravitate towards Lost Box over spending all the code cards you need for Palkia. But if you're buying things for physical and in-person, the most played deck actually ended up being the Kirim deck. Which was very interesting. But Sean, do you want to take a look a little bit about these statistics? Yeah, we could do that. Of the event. So we got the statistics of the event courtesy of LimitlessTCG.com, a great website for looking at competitive. And I believe this is just day two mm -hmm. numbers in terms of, you know, the most successful deck. So this doesn't uh, illustrate day one. There was one player on Dialga. No, <laughs> we like the Dialga. One player on Shadow Rider Calyrex that people keep, keep, people keep chirping about that deck. I don't know. Three players on Blissey, six on Hisui and Zorark, which two of them made top 10 in the event. So pretty good ratio, I would say. Five of them played the Lost Zone box. Ten of them played Garatina. Thirteen played Mugenesec. Thirteen played Kiram. Fifteen played Regis. Twenty-six played an Arceus deck. And twenty-four played a Palkia deck, Sean. Palkia ended up getting the most points out of all the decks and if you saw in the top 16 graphic that pokey stats tcg on twitter posted they palkia decks took up five of the top six spots yeah so, specifically palkia inteleon had the um, most spots yeah. of them but it, it was kind of even i would say in terms of the distribution in terms of you know what deck was more dominant than the other yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, Palkia Inteleon is one version, and then you have Kirim Palkia as another version. So obviously, mm -hmm. Palkia plays a big role in both of those decks. It's just, what flavor? What flavor of water what deck flavor? are you going for? Yeah, what what would you like to try today? Chunky yeah. Palkia water or thin Palkia water, <laughs> as oh, some would say. Oh, my gosh. That's, uh... But Sean... <laughs> Let's take a look at some other stuff. What do you got in there that you want to showcase? Well, I wanted to showcase briefly. So when I saw, mm -hmm. I really wanted the Gudra deck to make top eight. And it came down to the wire. I think it was a Gudra mirror match mm -hmm. um, on the last day of day one stream. And the winner would have made top eight, but they ended in a tie because they went to time because Gudra do, do be taken a long time. Yeah, Gudra. Gudra, if you didn't hear our podcast uh, before, it takes a lot to knock it down. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, Gudra, the whole idea is it has an attack called Rolling Iron. It does 200 damage, but then you prevent 80 damage to you on the crackback, basically. Mm -hmm. So, if you can combine that with healing cards like Hyper Potion, Crystal Cave, etc., um, or the Gudra, you know, Moisture Star ability to heal off all the damage from itself, then, like, you could survive a couple of ex extra hits, get your prizes before your opponent can, and that's how you win. But I John, I would, oh, I would like to point out one thing in this list yes. that we're showing, the top 16 list. If you remember on the Metapod podcast, we talked about, well, how do you beat something like Kyurem, right? Kyurem has untapped potential in terms of the amount of damage it can do. And I believe it was Sean that brought up the point of... Why don't you put a Zamazen to V in your deck? Can't hit it, right? With Dauntless Shield. It's a metal type Pokemon, so you're hitting for weakness. And looky here what we see. We see a Zamazen to V in this. Now, was it helpful? No idea, but they got top 16, so it had to be helpful, right? Actually, uh, so one person who got fourth in an online or like a big tournament in Europe, online tournament, who re we retweeted from the Metapod, was mm -hmm. like, Zamazenta is pretty good. And the person, Cyrus, or somebody else that they tested with when they were asked about the Zamazenta, some people speculated, oh, it's great for Mew because you discard a special energy when you do the attack. And the person was like, oh, I mean, I guess it's good for Mew. Really, it's there for Kiram. And it worked really well. So <laughs> we're not crazy. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Jake. Everybody else had the same. I, they definitely did not get the idea from the pod. No, no, no yeah. We are not saying that we oh. meta the 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 Gudra deck, but we we like to think that we shared at least one brain cell with good uh -huh. top players. That's what I call it. Maybe it, that's a cold shot right there. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it was obvious, but yeah. we we don't need to talk about that. But Sean, what else do you want to talk about in this tournament? I mean, Jake, let's talk about the the deck that won it all by Tor. I do want to talk about this deck because this deck played some interesting things that you know is a lot different than what we talked about the last time we talked about this list. So. Tord Recliff's deck, the Lost Zone box deck, you know, you got your comfy Colrus engine, right? You've got a lot of those going on. You also have things like an Oranguru in this deck, which can be pretty interesting, I feel like, in this, especially when you have a couple cards like Marnie, stuff like that. You also play the Radiant Charizard package. And I thought that this was really interesting, especially when the casters, shout out to the casters of this weekend, y'all were great, talked about how with Sableye in Lost Mine, sets up damage really well for Radiant Charizard. So if you look at this list, there is no damage modifiers that Charizard usually has paired up with it. No like uh, choice belts or anything like that. With Sableye being able to place 12 damage counters everywhere, especially against Palkia, right? One of the most popular decks and strongest decks in the event. You can put three damage counters on multiple Palkia V-Stars for your Radiant Charizard to set up one-hit KOs with Combustion Blast doing 250 damage. But, Sean, that's just the first thing that I want to point out with mm -hmm. this deck. Because you know what the other thing is that I think is really neat about this? What's that? It's the fact that you're playing two Manaphys <laughs> in this yeah. deck. Tord was, two? 
Manaphys. Torda's terrified of spread damage in this deck. Because, I mean, and fair enough, Comfy is not very chunky. Sableye is not very chunky. Sableye, both under 90 HP, right? And if your Radiant Charizard's in the active, a Moonlight Shuriken will do a knockout with weakness. But you know the reason why you play Manaphy, Sean? Hmm. Because there was a huge increase in things like canceling Cologne mm. in the event. And so when you have an increase of canceling Cologne, right? Canceling Cologne, you bring up the Manaphy, right? With Cross Switchers, Boss, whatever. You know, you, the Manaphy's in the active. The Greninja, Radiant Greninja's in the active. If you cancel in Cologne, you can Moonlight Shuriken the Comfey's on the bench, the Sableye's on the bench, and therefore Manaphy still takes up a very important spot in there huh. because with the canceling Cologne, Water or Wave Veil is turned off. So what I saw on stream people do to battle against that is they would put both Manaphy's on the field. <laughs> They're like, okay, you can cancel in Cologne the one, but that doesn't mean this one on the bench is uh affected and therefore your uh moonlight shuriken is useless and yeah. i thought that was really cool yeah and also like it's the benefit too of like if you're playing against a another lost zone deck that plays greninja mm -hmm. then they could just sableye your manaphy away right yeah so yeah it's like uh it is interesting i will say this deck from tord especially because he's playing the lost box deck all single prizers so it's a really grindy long game but the he has a few cards in here that are very different, I think, than what people would have expected. He doesn't play any quick balls, doesn't play any level balls, no ultra balls. Instead, he opts for a 4-4 of Battle VIP Pass and Fog Crystal. Yep. Because the Fog Crystal will get you Comfy or Sableye, or it'll get you your energy, which is like a really good option. Um, but what that also means with this deck, which the casters pointed out... Your Cramorant and your Manaphys, there are no search cards in your deck for any of those Pokemon, or, or Charizard, too, uh, or Orangaroo. So, like, you have six of your Pokemon in your deck that are not searchable by any means, which I thought was just odd, just very odd. And you also look at something like the Clara, right? This list mm -hmm. plays two Claras if you're looking. How do you get those Pokemon in the discard? Right? You don't have Ultra Balls. You don't have Quick Balls. They just have to get knocked out, I guess, to go to the discard, and then you'd be able to find them again, right? That's how you chain those Charizards. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a lot to ask for, I feel like. But it worked. Yeah. And that's what happens when you're one of the best players ever to play the game, right? Yeah. No, it, yeah, this deck is wild. This deck is um not how I would have uh, imagined building Lost Box, but, you know, like you said, clearly worked. I also saw this kind of strategy before we leave this deck. If you look at this, you see that Tord plays four Path to the Peaks. Mm, yes. If you do not remember, Path to the Peaks shuts off all rule box abilities in play. That includes Radiant Charizard with Excited Heart. Now, if Charizard has to get those five energies with this <laughs> deck, that ain't happening, Captain. No. Right. So you probably wondering with Charizard being such an important attacker, why do you have four paths to the peaks? And look at that lost vacuum in there. Yep. I saw numerous players do this where they would put down a path to the peak or pokey stop. I saw this a lot on day one with a pokey stop of people playing lost box. 
they would put down a pokey stop, use that pokey stop, right, for their own benefit, and then they would loss vacuum the pokey stop away. Yeah. So then their opponent couldn't use it. And I think it's kind of that same concept with Pats of the Peak, except for like, you know, I'll put down Pats of the Peak, right? So then you can't use Genesect's ability 18 different times, right? You can't or use Radiant Greninja. Or you can't use Palky V Star, right? Or Curum VMAX's abilities. But oh. when I'm ready to use it for Charizard, okay, lost vacuum. Yeah. Or or it's important also. You can't use Empoleon V's ability. Which yes, that as well. For this deck, I would almost argue that was the biggest reason that Tord went heavy path to the peak, lost vacuum, mm -hmm. is because, like, Empoleon, it was like a huge play to shut off lost box decks in Palkia because, yeah, you, you put that down, and all of a sudden you're comfy. You engine. can't comfy. Yeah, and yeah, if you can't comfy, you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, you can't find cards. It's not like Jirachi Stellar Wish, you know, every eight, 18 times a turn, you yeah. know, with scoop up nets, escape ropes, switch carts. Yeah. Like there are so many switching options in this deck. Air balloons as well. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the manual retreating you can do and then get those energies back with Clara. It's crazy. This yeah. deck was so cool to watch and unfold because I would have never thought. I remember when I saw... I can't remember who it was on day one that did it on stream. Did the Pokestop lost vacuum play? I would have never thought of that. That is yeah. that was so because not only does it prevent your opponent from utilizing, you know, the Pokestop, it also helps put cards in the loss zone. Yep. Right? It's like a double whammy, and it's so cool. Yeah. Like you're putting two cards in the loss zone with that and also stalling out your opponent. Yeah. Insanely it's... cool deck. Yeah, this it's and also I will say like it's not it's weirdly not the cheapest deck for a single prize deck because like battle VIP pass is stupidly expensive right now. What are they, what are they like four dollars a piece? Um, I think it's relatively expensive. Yeah. It is three dollars and sixty seven cents huh. USD a piece. So a little expensive for an uncommon item. And then Charizard, Charizard, Charizard is twenty seven dollars. Like, yeah, and I don't think that's gonna go down anytime soon. The good news out there, if you if you want to play any kind of single prize deck, or, or not even, but if you want to play a deck that can slot in a couple of fire energy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you only need one because that's all you can play. <laughs> but other than that, very cheap deck. So, um, yeah. Really cool. Again. Uh, Jake, what is a deck that you want to talk about real quick? Are there any in particular? I would say if we're going to talk about another deck, I mean, we probably have to talk about like the Palkias, right? Because the Palkias ran crazy. Let's do, or do we want to talk about Kiram. a different one? Let's do a let's Kiram, do Kiram Palkia. Yeah, because it is Palkia, but it's like also Kiram, and that's like the new new. The new new, the, yeah. the good old new new. So I think what we can do is if we look at the fourth place one, because I think the ah, fourth okay. place one is a little bit more interesting. I don't want to say sketchier, but it is more interesting in the fact that it only plays a one one line of origin form Palkia V star. The third place hmm. one played a two two. This one has a little bit more interesting of decisions that are made including a lost vacuum in there right yeah you see a path to the peak and you can't find your training courts well just get rid of that 
that's fine. Maybe the air balloon as well, or a choice belt, or anything of the sort that's preventing you um, from doing what you want to do. With the all these water-type Pokemon, you're playing Heavy Count of Melody and Iridale. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Melody in decks, right, Sean? Ever since yeah. Irida came about, Irida has really taken the storm of the supporter of choice, I feel like. Um, and it's kind of put Melanie on the back burner. So hopefully you bought your Melanie full arts before this event because they're probably going to go back up. They're still relatively cheap right now. Mommy's only like 10 bucks. So go get it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, playing two Empoleon Vs, the Oranguru we talked about in here, the 1-1 one, one line of Origin Form Palkia, Radiant Greninja, a Drapion V as well. Sean, we won't. We don't really need to talk about Mew VMAX, but I know that Mew VMAXs were playing Drapion V for the mirror match. That's not super kidding. weird. Okay. Not kidding. It works, though. I it mean, works. sure, but like, it's, uh, that's. I mean, if you just brain. start Drapion, though, you kind of just lose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just don't start it, forehead. Easy. But, anyways, looking at this list again, heavy with the Battle VIP passes, Battle VIP pass just continues to be a very high roll heavy very good card but in lost zone and this deck right here that you're seeing the curum v palkia deck it works out because again just like the uh, lost zone deck you can do stuff with the battle vip pass after turn one considering the ultra balls the quick balls in this deck the lost vacuum in this deck you can get rid of this card pretty easily and also you can use glaciated world cure v max's ability maybe you don't need the energy but you have a dead battle vip pass right in your hand you can put it on top with a ranguru or something and use glaciated world to just get it out of the deck draw through mm -hmm. you know another card in your deck it's something that i don't think a lot of people would do but it's one of those like kind of plays that you know maybe if you had to it's not that bad yeah no i mean look, look this is a it's a cool list it's definitely one of those decks that like eventually i do want to build and play but palkia the price is still pretty high for a palkia v star um and there's enough other good decks out there that i'm like build out 25 dollars. yeah yeah the <laughs> palkia v star now i will say if you want to play the kiram lists the most you're gonna need is two you don't need mm -hmm. three V-Stars in that list, so, like, save a little bit of money. But, yeah, um, it's this a really cool playing, deck, though. This one playing, we talked about the Wash Energy last yep. week, Sean. It's playing two of them now. They're slowly increasing on those Wash Energies. I they mean, listen to us, Sean. I will say, there's two Wash Energies and two Empoleon Vs, so, like... <laughs> The counter. You really didn't want to lose to Lost Box in no, this one. No, like the counters, the counter strengths here were very high. <laughs> um, I will say though, I don't know how this does in like against the third place list. I would imagine that they did they face. No, they didn't face off against the third place. I don't believe so. list. Um, but the third place Palkia list, little bit different. Only one battle vip pass right N only one empoleon opting for a roxanne and cheryl i do like that list. though that's a little bit different i i kind of like that yeah the cheryl is definitely strange but like look depending on when you cheryl and like the other you know options you have to power things up it can be really annoying like say somebody doesn't really have enough to knock out your palkia 
then they have to hit into a Kirim, and they're trying to set up damage, and then you Cheryl. Oh, that would be so annoying. Yeah, especially because I mentioned earlier how Lost Mine with Sableye can put three damage counters on a bunch of different Palkias, so yep. that can just go in and just negate all of that damage away, and you might not even have energies on that dude. So it ends up working out, Sean. Yeah, and then like the other card that I think you'll start to see a little bit more of from time to time now is Lost City. I think mm -hmm. that's definitely a card that people are um, underestimating the strength of, especially if like counter box decks, like whether it's Lost Box or the more you see decks that are built and designed to counter a variety of different decks, the more Lost City becomes useful because like all you got to do is knock out that counter and if they all only you gotta have... do is just knock out that one Charizard. Right. If you knock out the one Charizard, or a lot of these Lost Box decks, they're only gonna play two Sableye, right? If you can knock out the Sableyes and all they've got left is like Cramorants, that ain't gonna go well for them. Even then, like, even if it's just for that one turn, right? If they only have two Sableyes, just taking one away yes. makes it that much harder for a deck. I've played plenty of Lost Zone decks and I've I've had my fair share of, you know, twos and then one gets lost zone away and then all of a sudden I only have one left. It makes it really difficult. Yeah. Especially so. when you're playing Shin Ninja. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Someone fabas your Shin Ninja. You're like, oh, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's a terrible time. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But there was some, gosh, this was just a really cool tournament. Sean. Can we also open up Grant Manley's uh, Gigas deck? Yeah. What uh, what place was that? It was uh, 16th, I believe, or 18th? 18th. 18th. Yeah, there we go. There's one card that I want to talk about in here in the Reggie Gigas deck that you can play on PTCGL because it's actually banned. It's Gift Energy, Sean. Do you know off the top of your head without looking at it what Gift Energy is? Because I don't. I know it provides colorless. <laughs> <laughs> as long as this card is attached to a Pokemon, it provides colorless energy. If the Pokemon <laughs> this card is attached to is knocked out by damage from an attack from your opponent's hand, draw cards until you have seven in your hand. Hmm. So very, very cool. It's like the, uh, what's that called? The egg? Yeah, lucky it's egg. It's like the egg, yeah, except with Reggie Gigas you know, using ancient wisdom to accelerate energies from the discard, you can constantly put this on your Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, Again. no, it's, um, it is interesting. Like, I, I don't really, I've never really played the Reggie decks. I don't know how. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And it, it did it's really so well. It's so much fun. It clearly did really well. It had a lot of day twos. Um, I think a lot of people feel very strongly that this deck might be the best single prize deck in the format. Um, I personally, I prefer the Lost Zone mechanic myself because, like, if you get unlucky or say you have one of your Reggies prized, Jake, and somebody... <laughs> Remember when Drew, or was it Drew Kennett, had, like... Two Reggie two, steals, Two or I think. three Reggies prized and the Hisui and Heavy Ball and just scooped immediately after he saw his prizes. And this was, like, a top four match. Yep. I mean, that's why, like, it's it's a good deck, and I think the ratios are fine, but, like, you could just get unlucky. Now, people will say, oh, you could that could happen with any deck, but I'm like, yeah, but, like, if that happens with this deck, you just don't have a deck. <laughs> it I feel just like doesn't the, work. 
I feel like the problem with the Reggie deck is that when you whiff with the Reggie mm. deck instead of like whiffing with the loss box deck, it hurts way worse with the Reggie deck. Yeah. Like the lost box is so consistent. You know, both decks are really consistent, but the lost box has consistency to where like, oh, you know, you can get it pretty early with Cramorant, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can get it going pretty early with Cramorant, get things started, start churning things, you know, going. With the Reggie deck, you miss, you know, a Reggie and you can't do anything. Like you can't yeah. attack unless you manually attached every single turn. And that means that you're probably losing anyways. Yeah, it is. It is definitely really awkward because in that single prizer match, right? It's really like mm -hmm. who is keeping up with taking those prizes, right? And yeah, I think, yeah, the Reggie deck is more likely to whiff for a turn or two in the game. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that it's more likely to whiff. I just think it hurts a lot more if you okay, whiff. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Like they might whiff the same amount, but like the whiffs ain't even, man. <laughs> uh yeah, Jake, I think for me like that was all the decks that like for this weekend that made sense to like bring up. Those are like the new decks, the the best decks. I want to know from you though. I we made the Zamazenta prediction last week. We made the Zamazenta. Yeah. We predicted Zamazenta you know, in Gudra decks. I will say I hadn't heard anybody mention Zamazenta. We talked about it, and lo and behold, all the Gudra decks have Zamazenta. So uh, look, correlation is not causation. But remember when we called uh, what was it, Level Ball coming yeah, back? You called it on you the, called the Level yep, Ball on the. I, I'm telling you, I might be crazy, but I'm also right. So Jake. <laughs> I want you to give me one card that you think people are sleeping on, and I'll give you my card. This is really a setup oh, for me to say something. <laughs> crap. I was not ready for this. Um, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Kasui and Zorark. Okay. I mean, yeah, it had some top 16 finishes at Peoria, but I just feel like people don't talk about that deck a lot. I feel like it's the 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 stepchild of the set, you know, with Garatina being there and Kiram now being the big thing and, and Gudra is a box fan favorite. as well. Gudra, right? I mean it's it's one of my favorites too, but I feel like Zorark, I don't know, I feel like it's really close. Yeah. I, I think Zorark is a very it's a good card. Like let's just be frank. The problem is you have a lot of good cards in this set. Yeah. There's so many good cards in this set. Um but for me, Jake, uh, I, I want to say I think a card that is being slept on and should be considered in particularly decks that have any sort of single use or setup Pokemon is Thornton. Thornton. Ooh, we didn't see a lot of Thornton. I mean, I, I saw, mean, we saw some Thornton. There was. There was some Thornton at the top tables. And so for those of you who don't know, Thornton is a supporter. And the supporter says that you can switch a basic Pokemon in your discard pile for a basic Pokemon. Is it on your bench maybe though? I think it's on your bench. Yeah, I think it has to be on your bench. So like one thing to keep in mind, but you can basically swap the cards, but all conditions, damage, energy, all of that stuff stays attached. And by conditions, I also mean number of turns that the card was in play. So... If you it's are... just it's just a basic Pokemon. It yes. can be in the active. It can be in the oh, okay, cool on the bench. It could be anywhere. 
So what I really like about that, Jake, is you could have shenanigan plays. So say, like, look, there's a lot of Pokemon that you don't want to stay on your bench. I'm talking about the Crobats, your Luminions, you know, your Empoleon even in certain matchups. Like maybe you start a Pokemon. If you start the Drapion, that could be a feel <laughs> <Yeah>. bad, right? <laughs> and if you play, even if it's a one of Thornton, and you and because it remembers how many turns it's in play when you switch it, you could just switch it for a Mew, Evo right into that Mew of VMAX. Switch it for your Palkia, boom, Evo right into the Palkia V-Star, and you're fine. But I think that we will also see some really sneaky things happen, Jake, where people attach energy and attack with, like, I have... So I have a secret play in my back pocket for... A secret play. For my Gudra deck, which includes Metacham. And there's a Thornton in the deck. Did you figure <clears throat> that out? What so, we... Ooh. So the way that it works is you attach a, uh, you attach, what is it? A uh, choice belt to the Zamazenta. It's doing 160, double the damage, 320, right? Cool. They, if they can't knock that Zamazenta out with something on the following turn, you know what you do? Thornton, from a Metacham that's in your discard, switch it with your Zamazenta. It's already got the energy attached. It's Two damage double counters. colorless is the attack. Yep. Two damage counters on that Kiram. Boom, take an extra turn. And then you Thornton again to get the other Zamazenta. I mean, you could. I just, I just, for me, Jake, that's like a moment of just like, oh, that like. You know what someone should do? They should uh, Medicham Thornton into Dialga V-Star and use the V-Star. Yes. <laughs> just take, yes. take as many extra turns as possible consecutively. You totally, I mean. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, is that going to be good? No, but that would be really funny if that happened and someone should do it. But yep. I will say there were a lot of people that I saw that had their like first day twos, whatever, that had really, really good events, really, really good showcases. I know uh, Gnarly, one of the people in our community that I've known for a long time, first ever day two. Now they got to win worlds. Um, calling you out on this podcast because I can and I run this show. But Sean, do we have anything else to talk about today? I don't think so, Jake. Oh man, I can't wait for more events and more decks. And we'll give it all to you here on the Metapod Podcast. The Pokemon Podcast revolves around the evolving meta. Have a good week.